Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good evening. You are listening to a Rattledge and Broadcasting Premier Podcast TV party tonight. I'm your host, the mandated reporter, and frankly, I'm mortified. Mr. Mark Rattledge, and tonight our favorite show is The Wheel of Time, brought to you by the good people at Radar Productions, Radar Love, I Watch Pictures, <laughs> Long Weekend, Little Island Productions, Sony Pictures Television, and Amazon Studios. It aired on Amazon Prime Video from November 19th until December 24th, 2021. It stars Rosamund Pike, Daniel Henney, Zoe Robbins, Madeline Madden, and many other picture postcards. Um, <laughs> it is based on <laughs> it is based on the series of fantasy novels by Ro- Robert Jordan. The premise is the Wheel of Time follows Moraine, a member of the Aes Sedai, a powerful organization of women who can channel the One Power with her warder Lon. She seeks a group of five young cannibals from the secluded two rivers, believing one of them is the reincarnation of the dragon, an extremely powerful channeler who broke the world, don't you understand? (laughs) The dragon reborn is prophesied to either save the world from primordial evil, known as the Dark One, or break it once more. I really want you to read these books to me. (laughs) <laughs> High drama and fantasy, a gripping tale of do-goodery and non-battery. <sighs> non-battery. <laughs> Holy crap. And joining me in the non-battery tonight, ladies and gentlemen, the misfit and miscreant himself, your personal dungeon master. He will take you into his playroom and he will make you sign a document. Wait, no. That's you watched other... Fifty Shades today, and I have no place for that in my life. Oh, wait. Yeah, that's like that's Christian Gray. No, that's Christian Gray. This is Ronnie Adams. How do you do, sir? I'm a far I'm a far stretch from Christian Gray, that's for sure. 
I am wanna, more. You want to come into my playroom? Oh God, no! <laughs> Ronnie Adam just Ronnie Adam just silkily moving up to a girl at the bar. You want to come check out my playroom? And she's no, like, up, Yeah, like you, you walk are... in there and there's fucking like D and D tables. <laughs> These are my guys. <laughs> Ronnie Adam just walks up to her, whispers in her ear, "Want to rattle my dice? <laughs> What's happening? Oh God, I came up with those." <laughs> yeah, I was hoping I was seeing if I can get you to Angry Dragon on camera. <laughs> no. What? You know, you've never heard of the Angry Dragon? I mean, there's a whole other element to it that, that wasn't gonna happen here, but the end result is liquid comes out of your nose. Yeah, okay, okay. Oh, you know, yeah, yeah okay. Yeah. So anyway, uh, <laughs> so, yeah. so we're off to a roaring start here with the wheel of time. My gosh. They announced this last year that they were they lasted some time ago they were doing this, but it was announced that they started showing trailers for it. They they gave a date for its debut. And I saw it and I was like, you know, Ronnie Adams is always wanting to talk about stuff with me. Ronnie Adams likes the high fantasy, like the Lord of the Rings and the Dungeons and the Dragons and what and the whatnot and the heck right. too. So I was like, I bet Ronnie Adams wouldn't mind talking about this. And so I pitched it to you and you were like, Yeah, man, let's do it. You were telling me before we started tonight that you actually read the novels as a wee as a wee youngster. So, what do you remember about them? <laughs> yep. Um, <laughs> I don't know why I ate a skittle right before I, you know, this. I remember. I do remember Rand being the the protagonist, and it was just basically about him. It just spans like, gosh, there's like eleven novels now. Mm. I mean. Um, so it spans this whole story of, you know, um, yeah, <laughs> there's so much I could get into. There's so much that I don't remember that I don't want to sound like an idiot about. Um, but they are like, they, they, it's just different missions and, and they're, they're, they're trying to find the cause of the, wow. Hey, look at that. Of the dragon that's being reborn. Okay. And just like you said, um, and then you know, they, they're sometimes they're like so far like uh, I don't know they're so they're they're they split the party in D and D terms a mm. lot and um, it, it, it's even for like even for somebody who read this crap all the time as a kid mm-hmm. it was really it was like hard to keep up with I but they're wonderful about, like, novels they're wonderful novels you I know. Like, how is it that Lord of the Rings is this really, really dense, you know, award-winning material, and I could follow it a lot easier than this? Like, this seemed dense and in the weeds, and like, again, I always compare it to that episode of Family Guy where Brian takes ADHD medication, and you know, and he and he comes up with his own like fantasy world. Yes, and it's just a lot of gobbledygook. Yes, and that's and that I wouldn't call this gobbledygook. <laughs> I keep throwing bottles. I know there's a trash can over there. Every time I'm on this every podcast, time, I throw a bottle. I was going to say, you throw something and you yeet something across the room every time we're every on this time. podcast. I just, and I, I drink I just something. Like, like, you turn the camera around one, so there's going to be like this trash heap that talks to you. <laughs> a mountain of bottle, plastic <laughs> bottles. You should really care about the environment, Ronnie. <laughs> the, uh, the bride turns the camera around and there's Marge going, yeah. I, <laughs> like, hello, hello, I'm the trash heap. <laughs> oh god if you only knew no i'm kidding um but it just i mean they 
they do a lot of growing uh, in their journeys. They do they gain a lot of experience, and I don't mean XP. I mean they they like they they have to have experience as, as mm-hmm. adventurers or whatever. Um, and it, it's just there's a lot. Like you said, it's very dense, and there's a lot of factions mm-hmm. and groups and things like that. And yeah, um, you know, they're they're all trying to find the you know the the dragon reborn. It all revolves around this. Are we talking about an actual dragon here? Or is that some sort of fancy title for some sort of wizard? Uh, all of the above. <laughs> yes, got it. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, but uh, so Rand is a young sheep herder who okay. finds himself on a fantastical journey. Um, through, okay. you know, um, and then then it just takes off, and there's ten more books, and then. As a kid, I was like, "Wow, I want to read all of this." And about book four, I was like, "There's a lot, you know, <laughs> kind of like there's what's going on here." But um, let me look this up real quick. Let me okay. The Dragonborn is actually novels in there, um, in in this Wheel of Time series by Robert mm-hmm. Jordan. So, um. Turns out, well, yeah, well, you're going to find out in the series. Rand is been has been declared the Dragon Reborn. Okay. So the Dragon Reborn is um, basically, yeah, he's like you know, uh, he he is Dragonborn from um, from Skyrim, all this other stuff. So <laughs> I'm doing a terrible job. I, I should have I should have boned up on my my book uh, knowledge on this, but. So yeah, it just it follows along like there's like a prequel book, and then twenty years later, Rand comes into the into the into the into light and all this other stuff, and and like I said, they're wonderful books, but they're very hard for me personally mm-hmm. to keep track of. So having never read them, or not had, had never having haven't not read them in fifteen years, it's very hard for me to remember things and for me okay. to bull crap about it. Well, let's, um, um, which I'm not trying to bullcrap no, about it, I, I get but, that. but I'm well, just uh, like, it's let, very hard. Let me ask you this because, yeah. um, you know, as I've talked about many times on these podcasts, I, I, I do listen to other people's stuff. A lot of some stuff on YouTube. So sure. I like the, I like the midnight's edge channel and I liked it more when they were just doing very short, like documentary type videos yeah. um, and some newsreels of things they did. Like when the Sony hack broke, that's when I, shortly after that is when i found them and they had they seem to have had a lot of insider information on what was going on with the sony hack and everything um it's 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 a very right of center uh and entertainment news uh, entertainment channel on youtube it's on my whole podcast (laughs) and they, they definitely have a right of center perspective on things and they're one of the ones that i guess were complaining about this series because i i guess and i and again i i wouldn't know this i never read the books yeah. But I, I guess you're telling me that the book's focused on Rand, and yes. they seem to have changed the perspective character to Rosamund Pike's character, yes. and made this very—I don't know if "feminine" is the right word, but very. It, 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 it I would say the feminist or feminine. The, yeah, it changed the they, focus to the women characters and less on the men, mm-hmm. which was a big complaint of theirs. I wanted to get your your perspective on that. There's some definitely some girl power stuff going on in here. Mm-hmm. I don't think they should have changed the, the 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 main character because I mean you're changing the main character of 11 12 books here right um so it's kind of like one of those things where um 
I joke and say, you know, right of center, but yeah, I'm kind of, you know, that way. But um, I'll be honest with you, not because I'm complaining about it, not because I'm like, oh, ooh, girl bad or anything like that. You know, girls can't carry shows, bull crap. Um, But it's just one of those things where, like, I expected more of what I read, so that's why I'm disappointed in it. You know, it's um, the big complaint. They, the more general complaint that they have is one that they're seeing the trend of. I think the critical drinker brought this up too. Is it's like somebody sitting in a room looking at all of these fantasy and science fiction properties and going, you know, girls like this stuff too. Girls yeah. want to see them stuff up on see themselves up on screen too. We should put more women and people of color in these science fiction and fantasy things. Which, okay, sure, I'm all for inclusiveness. But I think the mistake that gets made is people want to see the authentic thing brought to life. And you can you can get away, I think, with casting people of color and maybe roles that were written for someone who was white. Um, and maybe you can even gender swap them and get away with it, depending on what you do. But what you can't do is wholesale change the narrative to the focus is on one character and not the other. Uh, just exactly- just to meet the just to meet the agenda, you know. It's like it's like mm-hmm. if, if like Star Wars, you know. Just as an example, if someone were you know they they hold they created Ray out of wholesale cloth, but what if what what if the the pre the sequel trilogy was literally a remake of A New Hope, Empire, and Return of the Jedi, and instead of Luke Skywalker, they you know they, they it was um, Daisy Ridley. Right, right, People, exactly. You know, he'd be like, "Wait, what the hell?" <laughs> you know. So um, I mean, Leia would be a guy, Luke would be a girl, they right? And, and, and the whole and and the whole thing focuses on, you know, an, you know, uh, the, the 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 Asian gal from the second movie. I like. <laughs> But my point is that no one wanted people want to see the farm boy leave his home and go on an adventure. That was the thing that people liked about Star Wars. Um, if you if you then change the perspective character to anybody else, the whole thing kind of crumbles to pieces in the eyes of the fans, and then they reject it. Um, and Which I think I'm, that might have been the problem here. I'm all about um, properties finding new audiences and everything. Okay. So you you want to you want to include women and people of color and, and, and different lifestyles and things like that. That's fine. That's fine. Mm-hmm. That absolutely do that if, if that is what you want to do. But when you like you said when you start changing things that have already been established for years and years, it's not it's not oh poor white guy you know old white guy sitting here mm-hmm. complaining about you know stay off my lawn and leave my toys alone. No, I'm just saying I find it cheapens your me personally. I find it cheapens. Your narrative, your message, mm-hmm. when you take something that's been established and say, well, we're just going to change it because we can. Yeah. Okay. So, you or know. We're not happy that this fa- this fantasy thing that everyone likes has a male lead. So we're going to make, so what if we, what if we elevate a different character who happens to be a woman and make that the centerpiece of the right. story? Like, well, gonna... now you're not telling the story that everyone fell in love with and wanted to see. Exactly. That, how are you? Exactly. Oh, it just, okay. So this is um, a little more of a comic book thing than anything. Um, they wanted, uh, okay. So touchy subject here, probably, but, but they wanted, um, somebody for the L- L- <laughs> LGBTQ plus community. Mm-hmm. So they took, uh, they took Alan Scott, the original Green Lantern, mm-hmm. rewrote him and made him a gay man. Right. Whereas he had already established that he had a daughter and all this other stuff. And then they just wiped that out and said, that doesn't exist anymore. Here's your gay character. 
instead of saying, hey, let's take this opportunity and invent a new character who stands oh. out, who has, oh. you know, has this, you know, uh, they did that. Well, so, the unfortunate thing is there can only be one Green Lantern. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> You're talking about the the, the 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 dog that hung out with Guy Gardner, right? <laughs> There's only been about 500 different Green Lanterns. Right. You know, it's like it's like if you can make a if you can make a female Hispanic one and a male Muslim one, you can just make you can make someone who is also of the LGBTQ community. It's fine. There's like nine thousand Green Lanterns. Look to at your North point. Star. They didn't they didn't have to rewrite Alan Scott. Right. Look at North um, Star. So, mm-hmm. but you but then you say I, it really, I really feel like well, it's not going to go over well if we keep Randa as the main focus because he is, you know, he's a guy. Mm-hmm. And there's more, you know, women want to enjoy this. Well, most of the people that are that are women that have read this that have talked to me about it mm-hmm. are pissed because Rand isn't the main person, right? And that's another thing that comes up a lot on Midnight's Edge. And I know I've talked about this before. They they went out of their way to create a female led podcast that they do video podcast on mm-hmm. Midnight's Edge called Toxic Femininity. Their major complaint, like the through thread of all their shows, is we as girls fall in love with fantasy and sci-fi products. We want to see the actual sci-fi fantasy product on screen, not a agenda-driven gender swap thing right. that you think will satisfy women. It's like, no, 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 no. We like this as it was. Just put it what what it was on screen. You know, it People liked Xena Warrior Princess. We talked about this when we did the Mythica stuff. People yeah. liked Xena Warrior Princess as it was. You had a yes. you had a kick-ass strong female character. That show was liked by both men and women. That appealed that appealed to just about everybody. Like, you How? know, was it the most popular show ever? No. But I mean, my, my point being is that they created something new out of whole cloth. They gave you know, you created a strong female character. The guys loved it. Women who love fantasy loved it. And it was, you know, it was a big hit for what it was. How is that not more popular now than it was then? Because you go back on the Xena, everybody's gay in that. Like, <laughs> I'm serious, man. I mean, like. Everybody's gay. Everybody's gay. Like her, like, I remember saying, oh, Lucy Laws, she's very pretty. She, you know, like, she kicks butt and all this. Mm-hmm. Then her little sidekick came on. I was like, oh, I like her. Mm-hmm. She had a thing for Xena, man. Sure. For a long time, they had the thing going on, and then then she had a thing going on with some other girl, and then some other guy, and then all this. I was like, "Oh, they just be sleeping with everybody up in here." Yeah. Um, the, but there was a, know, there were two Conan movies, and then there was a Red Sonia movie. Yeah. You know, for for what that's worth, there was Sheena of the Jungle. I mean, there's all kinds of things where you know there 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 are female protagonists to be had that you can put in sci-fi and fantasy roles, or you can just invent something good. new. Good. Yes. Right. But taking Don't. an existing thing and then trying to like, well, who else is in this cast of characters that we can make the lead instead? See, that's just going to annoy people. Yeah, and and you can't really speak out and say that it annoys you because then you get, you know, the 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 few that are loudest will be like, well, you're a misogynist. No, yeah. I just like what I read twenty yeah. years ago. Why do we have to change it? 
All right, so let's let's actually talk about the show that we do have here. And again, Sorry. I I can't. Well, no, you're fine. I, I mean, it was a good discussion to be had. And you know, usually like, oh, you can't say that out loud. I mean, this is going to be seen by tens of people, so on the internet's even. So Ooh. here here we are fighting against woke culture on the Rattledge and Broadcasting Network. For what that's worth. Um. Anyway, so Rosamund Pike is your main character she plays i said i i think i'm or rather moraine debo dread uh who is an i said i mm-hmm. uh rosamund pike the last thing i saw her in was i care a lot with peter dinklage which was fun i think she you know she's clearly a talented actress uh she's a good person without having known what uh what this was or you know you know before i did any research on it she's uh been in plenty of films she's a good person i think she's a good person to apparently she got nominated for a whole bunch of crap for uh, gone girl um she's a good person to lead your high fantasy drama um so what did you think of her character what did you think of that portrayal rosamund yeah yeah i thought she did i thought she's great um as far as be- I'm a fan of hers anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just think she's a good actor, a good actor. But I thought she did a great job in 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 spearheading this. So much so, I constantly found myself saying, "It's a shame that she doesn't have her own show." I mean, why didn't they write something for her mm-hmm. instead of instead of cheapening her? Comm- commandeering this one. Yeah, here, here, this dude drove this one forever. Here, you can you can drive this one. You're, you could have just as good. Mm-hmm. Give her her own. Let her drive it herself. How does making her the focus? Because, like I, I told you before we started, and, and mm-hmm. I'm going to admit this. Maybe people don't want to listen to the podcast after I say this out loud. But I had a hard time really following this show. And like I'm somebody who I did too. Who again watches Lord of the Rings and watches a lot of high fantasy and mm-hmm. is gripped by it. But I was really having some difficulty keeping up with what was happening. I didn't understand a lot of it. Part of that was uh, the first couple of episodes as I was watching it, I was way distracted by whatever was happening in the chat. So <laughs> I, yeah, I, I, yeah. I would look up every once in a while. I'm like, oh, a village is being slaughtered. And then I go back to my phone again. But I, even reading through, like, I read through, I don't want to go episode by episode anymore because I feel like that drags down the the um, the podcast. But I did go through and read all the plot synopsis for the, uh, the episodes. And, and after I read it, I was like, well, that fills in some of the blanks, but this is still a lot of gobbledygook. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. So I, and I guess that goes to my question: like, how does changing it to Rosamund Pike's character change the narrative from what you remember of the books? And does it improve it? Does it does it make it worse? Not really. It doesn't improve it. I hate to say that. It just mm-hmm. kind of uh, it doesn't make sense to me. Okay, why? Because why is she? Why is the focus on her when she's obviously not? Um, the Dragon Reborn, when it's going to be Rand, who is actually in the series, mm-hmm. why is it why is it focused on her when he's the most important? She keeps saying, as, as in every episode, as she's going on and on, she's like, "I gotta find the Dragon Reborn. If I don't yeah. find the Dragon Reborn, then the darkness will overcome us and we'll all die." And it's like, and to your point, you know, so I'm following her and I'm following her on this adventure as she goes hither and yon. Uh, to go find the dragon reborn, and it, it that just the way you were describing it, it does seem very, very different from the story of you know a 
um, a, you know, a boy coming from a small town going off on a big adventure and finding out that he's the hero of the story all along. He's, he's a sheep herder. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who I remember, I remember him having something going on with the, 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 I guess the mayor of the town, his daughter, mm-hmm. not him, but his daughter. Yeah. So that, I mean, he had a life, you know, he's just chilling there. He's like, I'm, you know, I'm going to marry her or I'm in love with her. Mm-hmm. And I've, you know, I heard the sheep and I do this. And all of a sudden he's like, no, you're a very important person. That's going to keep the darkness from, from coming in, you know, coming down on us and killing, you know, ending the world. And you're like, who me, you know? And then right. it goes from that to, okay. There's a movie called the seventh son. Mm-hmm. Um, and it has, uh, oh, I can't remember his name right now. Big Lebowski. Um, Jeff Bridges. Jeff Bridges in it with, now he just constantly looks like he's chewing on hay. You know, he has that voice. You know, he juts his mm. jaw out. So he does that the entire time. But basically, he takes the seventh son of a seventh son uh, or something like that. And he says, hey, you're going to be a witch hunter. Come okay. with me. You know, he, he pays his family. He takes him under his wing. And you think it's going to be about the kid, right? Mm-hmm. And you keep thinking, okay, this guy's going to, grow, you know, he's going to become this powerful witch hunter, you know, magic user, all this other stuff. But ends up just, it's just Jeff Bridges chewing scenery forever, <laughs> you know, and, and doing his thing and being the hero and everything. I'm like, but, but what about the kid? He's the one with the sword and the purpose and the and the training. You're trying to train him. And even in the end, they're like, it's, it's sad because he takes over Jeff Bridges' job and he's like, well, what's Jeff Bridges going to do? I'm going to go retire. Right. Uh, but what about the other kid? I don't care about you. I mean, like you're supposed to be training this guy to take over for you. So that's what it feels like. It feels like it's definitely focusing more on the trainer, uh, the, 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 the keeper, the, um, the you finder, know, whatever, than it is the main person. That's what I was I, say. You know what it comes across like? Instead of having Frodo be your focus character, your main character, uh-huh. your perspective character, and like you're following his journey. And granted, the, the the party splits up, as you say. Yeah. You know, and you start to follow adventures from everybody else. But you know, the thing anchoring this is Frodo. Will Frodo succumb to the ring and you know and and become a slave to Sauron, or will he find his inner strength, resist the ring, and throw it into the fires of Mount right. Doom? Now, what if we only followed Gandalf? That's exactly <laughs> it. That is exactly, you're right. exactly right. I mean, like, there's some argument to say whether that um, Sam or Frodo is the main character, but you, those are your two focuses right there. Yeah. Because they have the ring. They're going to Mount Doom. They're going to throw it in the volcano and blah, blah, blah. So when they get on the road, you know, the fellowship finally gets on the road. It's a lot of Gandalf, you know, like, what do you think, Gandalf? What's going on, Gandalf? Do you think we can find it, Gandalf? Like, who can focus on Frodo in the ring, man? You know, <laughs> and then when they split up at the end, you know, and Gandalf, you know, sacrifices himself. They run out, they get the snow, and then it goes smash cut to Gandalf, fighting all the way down. And then you just see Gandalf, 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 Gandalf. Mm-hmm. And every once in a while, we're like, oh, yeah, we're hiking. <laughs> and then you know it, that's what it feels like honestly and that's i think that's a ha- why i had such a hard time getting into it. it's not that she's not do- she's doing a poor job of portraying her character it's not that she's you know it's it's the fact that she's a she it's mm-hmm. just the fact that it's it's taking a different aspect of it it's, it's not really her story 
it's not her story at all. It's Rand's story, and they're taking a different aspect of this, telling the story, and it's not necessarily one that I want to see or, or mm-hmm. hear because I want to hear the original part of it. Yeah, that makes a, makes a ton of sense. Um, so the second listed character here is Daniel Henney as Elaine Mand- Mandragoran, um, who's Moraine's water. You know, yeah. Ronnie, I'm not going to even lie. I, I can barely tell who this fucking person is in this story. I know, right? <laughs> I, I have no clue. I have, when it comes to the books, I don't know who this person is. Okay. Um, like I said, it's been a while. I should have boned up on my book knowledge, but I have not. I failed you and the podcast gods, <laughs> okay. and I apologize. But I'm going to ask you about one more character here, and yeah. then I think I'm going to give up on this line of questioning. Sure. Um, so you have Joshua Tr- Stradowski, who, who actually plays Rand. Yes. Um, uh, I guess he's the kid with the uh, with the red hair, kind of curly. Yeah, not exactly okay. what I thought he would be. Yeah, tell me about him and him and him in this show. What did you think of him and what they had him doing? Were you in? You know, not interested? much. Okay. Yeah, I mean, like he definitely has some like going to the Tashi Station feelings on him. <laughs> uh, you know, a, a little uh, sometimes a little whiny. Uh, maybe mm-hmm. I'm just too hard on the character because it's not what I want, but I, I don't know. In my mind, for some reason, I've always seen Rand a, a, a little different, you know, mm-hmm. a little a little bit physically different than what we get in the story there. Um, do I remember if they describe what he looks like? I'm sure Robert Jordan described what he looks like, but I'm that kid that when I, I read it, I was like, well, I don't like that description. This is what they look like in my brain now. What did you so if you could re if you could uh redevelop this show and recast it, who would you cast as Rand? You know, that is a really good question. Um being as young as he is, or supposed to be, or whatever. Mm-hmm. I want to say the kid, um What's his name? Um, let me look it up real quick. I'm, I apologize. Okay, um, well, well, you do that. Well, look, no, I got it right here. Okay, uh, go ahead. Tanner, Tanner Buchanan from Cobra Kai plays Johnny's son. Oh, him. Okay. Yeah, I think he would be great in that. Okay. He got you know he's got the physicality now, and he's actually a good actor. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would like to, I would have liked to have seen him in it. You know, he's, he's kind of got, got the, the he's got the abs for the role. <laughs> 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 well, well, in season four, I was like, well, okay, where did all that come from? But uh, <laughs> I took karate as a kid. I <laughs> did not have me. abs you could play you could play on in a jug band. Right. I, you know, that's how he washes his clothes in the morning, you know? <laughs> uh, but yeah, what were you going to say, though? I was going to say that Grammarly. Oh, no. Yeah, before... Because I don't know how much longer this podcast is going to go. Uh, Grammarly helps you write mistake-free on Gmail, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and everywhere else you write on the web. Grammarly corrects hundreds of grammar, punctuation, and spelling mistakes while also catching contextual errors, improving your vocabulary, and suggesting style improvements. So download Grammarly today. Go to getgrammarly.com slash W2M network. Again, that's getgrammarly.com slash W2M network to download Grammarly for free. All right. Um, let's... Let, Let's just spend a few more minutes talking about this. I don't know how much more either one of us have to say. Uh, one of the things that make high fantasy novel, high fantasy shows really fun to watch is the settings, the, the set oh, pieces. Yeah. Um, what did you think of the cinematography in the show? The cinematography is good. 
Mm-hmm. Um, you could definitely tell this is a season one of a high fantasy show or a fantasy sci-fi show. Mm-hmm. Because at times it does look like they just went and got a bunch of people from Ren Fair and said, stand here and react the way we tell you to. <laughs> Can I tell you, as I was watching this, I was like, this will be a fun one to discuss with him because this is, I think it's like one step, one level higher quality than Mythica. Absolutely. That's what I was thinking myself. I was like, uh, that when I was watching, I was like, man, I know I'm going to talk about this with Mark and Mythica is going to come up because of this. But you look at the first season of The Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. The first season of The Walking Dead had uh, what we would consider now as abysmal uh, special effects because they didn't mm-hmm. know how long it was going to last. You know, why spend all this money on something that may not last but a season? And then, you know, Walking Dead goes on to actually, you know, last how many seasons? I forget now. Um, and then, every you know, the kid grew up, the, the babies are growing up, and they're like, we don't know what to do here. It's only been like th- 36 days in a zombie apocalypse over the 10 years this show's been on the air. <laughs> But um, so, you know, I, I was watching it and I was like, man, that looks really terrible as far as some of the special effects. But I like the settings, man. You know, I, I, I should have looked up. Uh, where did they You usually know this stuff? Where did mm-hmm. they film? Well, uh, let's see. They let's look at the filming for this. Uh, filming principal photography for the first season started in September of 2019. It was filmed in Prague. Um, and then, uh, okay, I guess it was just filmed in Prague. Um, okay, so I looked at I looked at it on IMDb. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bovik, Slovenia, Prague, okay. um, Spain, and the, the Czech Republic and Spain, or the mm-hmm. in Croatia, are the three places. You know, so I know next to nothing about Croatia and, and, and the Czech <laughs> Republic, but it's pretty. Um, so I'm looking at at Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, because I wanted because I was like, you know, it might, it might be fun to kind of see what uh, what what the audience score is. Okay, I, I just found it. So I want to mm-hmm. read some of these to you. I think this is what we're going to spend the rest of our time doing here. We're going to we're going to look at some of the comments here from Rotten Tomatoes, just from the fans. I don't care about the critics on this one. Yeah. I want to see what the fans thought of this. So we have the first comment here: half a star. We're already mm-hmm. off to the races. Yeah. <laughs> Costumes looking like B tier fantasy movies from 1998 with 50 bucks as budget. Story rarely makes sense and is full of plot holes, with majority of the cast being utterly unlikable. What? The characters have no personality to them other than being whiny, and most of them spend the entire series standing around doing nothing. CGI looks cringeworthy most of the time. I would I would give it a miss and just go read the books instead. What do you think about that? I, I, I think that was a little harsher than it needed to be. Mm-hmm. Um, I get what you're saying. Mm-hmm. A lot of it. Um, it's not what we wanted, and it's but it's what we've got. Sure. It's not. I mean, like, like I said, kid that's playing, uh, kid that's playing Rand is a little, little Tashi station for me. You know, like Tashi station because of power converters. But um, a little whiny, <laughs> but he's still. I mean, it's not that bad. Okay. Um, but I think it's just this is just a pissy fan that that likes the books better. Okay, so there's lots more pissy fans to go here. Um, so first of all, this thing got a, I think, a 64% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, not great. Um, the, the, the critics seem to like it a little bit more than that. But yeah. um, so, the series started promising, but the actual story and the characters never really developed. The first season ended up in a, in a horrible last episode with plot holes, boring scenes, and unnecessary character introductions. Okay. 
Um, generic and oh, so boring. Can't get into it at all, even though I'm a fan of the genre. Bad writing, awful acting, bad world building, boring. Right? It's a lot of that. Yeah. Right, so he's someone who didn't read the books. Didn't read the book specifically because some friends of mine had said had and said it made watching the show worse. <laughs> However, the show wasn't that good. Nothing got wrapped up and the acting throughout was fairly wooden. I think the show tried to use long dramatic pauses and looks of what can only be described as constipation <laughs> to build tension instead of building it through the story. I would advise avoiding. You know, to that person's to that person's credit, that was kind of my problem with a lot of the show was if you if again just kind of comparing it to lord of the rings um there were some really passionate parts of lord of the rings like you know you could definitely feel the sense of urgency the world was going to end but then there's also you know we'll call it just for lack of for conversational purposes kind of like that shakespearean sort of haughty dialogue readings oh absolutely character interactions but even at their most wooden, they, they still have a lot of drama to them. And it feels like everyone gets the, kind of like Spider-Man No Way Home, everyone takes the wrong lesson from Lord of the Rings. They're like, okay, in order to make a high fantasy film, everyone, it's 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 like, another another way of looking at it, um, it's like George Lucas, uh, no, no girls wear bras in space kind of a thing, where, you know, where he thinks that just because you're in space or just because you're part of a fantasy world, nobody has any emotions. Right. Like, yes. Everyone has to deliver dialogue, like you know, like like they're doing readings of King Lear, and it's like, no. How about just make them people, who, when faced with certain situations, react like people, and then you got to turn it up a little bit because you're doing a drama and you have to capture your audience. Um, and this one definitely felt like, you know, like someone thinks that doing doing fantasy means nobody can have any emotional line readings. Yeah. It, yeah. Also, I'm sure, like you're in a in the first season Amazon show about the about a beloved book like the you know series of books like this, and then you're not sure if you're going to get picked back up or people are going to say, "Oh, we hate you. We want you all to die because you're ruining our our books and our our childhood mm-hmm. or whatever." So you don't put a whole lot into it. So I mean, that's a lot of a lot of your if he shows get better the second season, like yeah. parks, parks and rec parks and rec had no clue what kind of show it wanted to be. It wanted to be, uh, it wanted to be the office the first season. Nobody liked it. So they started dropping that. And then in the season two, it really found its, its way. And then it was a phenomenal show after that, in my opinion. So uh, maybe that's part of it. I don't know, but they, they weren't the best in the world. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't completely abysmal. Right. Not to pick it a poor subject for people or um, a sore subject rather, but like the Big Bang Theory started out as very much one thing, mm-hmm. and then and and I was and I bring this up because when I posted that show that my wife and I did that agitated a few people I know. <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> fart noises. Yeah, uh, a couple of people who um, had just seen that for the first time were like, "Yeah, I liked the Big Bang Theory when it first started out, but." You know, when they started introducing all the wives and girlfriends later on, it just becomes a completely different show. And that wasn't a show I was interested in watching, which I think is a valid complaint. It's not it one very that much I, so is. Yeah, it's not one that I personally agreed with. I I thought adding the female characters gave the show a, a richer dimension. Absolutely. But, but clearly other people might feel differently. And I think either opinion is valid. Either way, you know, the idea of something um, just not being just just not changing 
what you liked about it in the first place and then becoming something completely different and you're going to lose part of your audience. That's a valid issue. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, a couple more of these and then we'll, we'll start to close out. <laughs> Never has such a bland cake been made from such rich ingredients. <laughs> Biggest flaw of the casting, especially the five characters from the two rivers. A special distinction goes to Marcus Rutherford for depicting a bland, unlikable, slack-jawed Perrin. Greatest strength is Rosamund Pike and Daniel Henney do a great job. Unfortunately, their performances only highlight the poor acting of many others. Okay, so they are the two best actors you've got in the series. For sure. I don't think that... <laughs> I think people are just looking for something to be down on this show about. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm trying to find someone here that gets all neckbeardy about it, but I'm so far, I'm seeing a lot of the same stuff. Um, easily Nick the worst, in a different way. Easily the worst show I've ever suffered to watch. They thoroughly destroyed the entire <laughs> genre, the entire story, deviating wildly from the books. Why bother adapting something if you're not going to fo bother following the main plot points, which is what we talked about? Just make a new IP rather than hacking to pieces someone else's stuff. You know, um, my wife and I talked about this with uh, we just watched the Fifty Shades, uh, first Fifty Shades movie, and you know, my wife is going to come on and do the entire trilogy once we're done watching the movies and one of the things she's you know we, we had a conversation about as we were watching these you know these sexy bondy bondage movies is <laughs> that an adaptation is not strictly just tearing the pages out of the book and storyboarding them and voila lobster there, there you know there are certain you know this was this was my screaming and yelling argument that i've had about lord of the rings you know, where people were like, "Why? Where was Tom Bombadil? Why are you giving his lines to the Ents?" That sort of thing. Tom it's like this. Bombadil. Okay, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> there's only so much you can put up on the screen. You've only got so much time to work with. And the idea is to kind of take the idea of the, the 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 thing that you're adapting and create a narrative. You know, a narrative, a visual narrative story out of it, mm -hmm. so that you know that makes the best use of its medium. Right. Movies are not television, television are not movies, and so you're going to do things differently, and you're not going to see every written word of a book up on the screen. You have more leeway with, with time and and and, uh, and content when it's a TV show. Yeah. Um, that being said, uh, they completely take it took some they completely changed the, the aspect and the outlook of the of the story yeah. by switching characters, which is something we don't want them to do. But I mean, like, okay, so you have a no matter if it's a special edition or not, you got two, you know, three hours, four hours, whatever. Tom Bombadil, in my opinion, would have added nothing to that movie and would just confuse people that had never seen or never read the book. It's just like when you look at Marvel movies, people get all pissed off because it's not exactly like the comic books. Well, I'm sorry, but we don't have time to go back 50 years to adapt every single story that you love to put it on the screen. We, we mm -hmm. take what works and we make a nice little pizza out of the different toppings that we have. We put it in the oven and we give it to the people and they're happy. And that's what happens with TV shows and, and movies of our favorite content, you know, our, of our favorite IP, you know, from the past. I get that. Now, if you, if you, if you ask me, you know, there's certain ones like Transformers, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, stuff like that, that they completely changed just because they can that it was you know that kind of like eh, i didn't like it but some people do so i don't take that away from them but i mean but you know you have to take what works and make it work well when it comes down to putting it on the screen okay i'm gonna read this last one this is a bit lengthy but this is kind of hilarious to me and i need i need your reaction to it i need your i need your take on this what this person <sighs> okay, says here we go. okay this is like literally 
like a week ago this person wrote this and he wrote a fucking essay here i'm really okay half a star lots of problems with this show have already been noted but i signed up for rotten tomatoes specifically to point out that it's a british colonial fantasy rife with anti-semitism and white supremacy Ronnie, I'm going to need you to yeah, just yell and get your politics out of my fantasy show. What the f- What? <laughs> Wait, this gets better. But I'm going to need you to say the line, Ronnie. Say the line. Get your politics out of my fantasy yard. <laughs> In this show, Jeez. the tow-haired Aryan foundling named Thor travels from the hinterlands to the cosmopolitan seat of the Empire. He's accompanied by a black woman in the mother role who has healing powers. His good-hearted but simple and oafish black friend and a Mediterranean-looking character who has corruption in his soul. They're led by the righteous but cold Aryan woman from the cold lands and her loyal samurai. I don't know what stereotype to pigeonhole Aguin, but I'm sure there's one out there. In the capital, Thor discovers his mission and is sent to sojourn to the vassal state at the borderlands, the sole ethnically homogenous place in the show. When they arrive, the monarch asserts his nation's independence from the empire, but upon a show of power by the emissary of the empire, he bows and scrapes in humbled subservience. Here it is revealed that the wandering peddlers are actually agents of the evil Semite sent out into the empire to spy on the people. The villain's plan is to move hordes of monstrous dark invaders, dark invaders, from outside the empire through underground tunnels to conquer and destroy the civilized world. In the climactic battle, the blonde-haired, blue-eyed, pure Aryan from the north defeats the dark-haired, hook-nosed Jew. (laughs) The casting choices could have leaned away from these stereotypes, but instead they lean so far into them, they cast an actor who looks like a Nazi propaganda poster. It's vile tripe and not helped at all by a terrible script. Bad pacing, bad acting, and a completely unoriginal plot. Maybe the source material could have been redeemed by a different production, but this is absolute garbage. That might be my favorite review I've ever read. Who wrote that? Someone. You won't won't say it out loud? No, it literally says someone. Oh, well, someone who wrote this. I want to fight you. With, with with knives, fists, whatever you choose, I want to fight you in my front yard. I want it to be like Mel Gibson versus, uh, uh, why can't I remember his name? Uh, crazy guy, motorcycle accident, lethal weapon, Gary Busey. I want there to be water on the yard. I want us just to start swinging at each other. And I will take you down like he did, like like Mel did Gary. And I will make you suffer for what you've written on this on, on the internet. Just because you can and you were off your meds that day doesn't mean you should. I what in God's name were you even thinking when you were? I mean, like, did you is it a joke? It has to be a joke. I don't understand anything. <laughs> I, I think there might have been a little projection there. A little bit, <laughs> a little bit. Good God! Like I got nothing, nothing like that out of this out of this show. The, the, the I would have been happy with you know it, it was crap, and I think it's crap, and everybody else is crap who likes it. You know, I've been like, okay, that that's about normal. But this, this is, 
This is a special kind of stupid. <laughs> All right, I'm done now. Uh, you know, I'm sure there are people who read that, read his, you know, or ha have had similar issues. I mean, reviews like that is why I need a bottle of Tylenol this big. I mean, I to to his point, I do think that this is yet again another vehicle to push an, an agenda, but I don't really care. Wrong agenda. <laughs> Well, uh, not only that, but I just I just don't care enough. I don't, but I don't need but it. as I was as you were talking, and I was kind of I was flipping through some of the um, some of the other comments. A lot of it's the same thing over and over and over again that they really didn't adapt the source material. They kind of took the flavor of the source material and just did their own thing with it. And it goes right back to what I've said constantly through, through several other podcasts. Not about it's not about. Us, you know, making females your leads, not about them being heroes, not about making black people your hero. Might be for some, but they're a smaller minority than people think they are. The problem that gets the fans in an uproar and makes us toxic is when you completely change something from its original source material to the point that it's unrecognizable. Mm -hmm. Make something new and take Make your chances new. in the marketplace because I think, I think that's the, the the biggest problem we're having right now in Hollywood. To kind of take this from the specific to the general, is they don't want to take a chance on anything new because people aren't comfortable with new. They won't give it a chance, and then projects will die on the vein. Ugh. So they take something that is recognizable that people go, "Oh, I know that. I like that. I'll check that out." But they don't want to do that. They just want the name, right? They want to take their agendas and their ideas and, you know, and their values and they want to make a show out of it. And then they want to slap the name of something that's that that's recognizable onto it and hope it all works out. And in the, in, you know, in the entertainment media, it tends to work out. You know, the critics tend to like those things, but the fans then want to burn down the studio. And it just this pattern just repeats itself over and over and over again. Ronnie. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm sitting here thinking, like, I don't know. I you know, I just listen, give me a wheel of time. That's all I want. So we have to review season two now when it comes out. Yeah, yeah, I know. And you maybe know when, you when you sign on for these, I have to make you do the whole series, no matter how we, bad we, it is. We're still gonna do Invincible season two. Yep. Um, oh, there's one more I need to talk to you about after this too, okay. um, but uh, but I mean I'm down for it. Maybe I can have a little more uh, something a little more intelligent to say <laughs> about season one because I'll go back and watch season one again before I watch season two. Okay, I did that with The Witcher, or I tried to. Um, it just took up a lot of time, you know, mm -hmm. and I was like, no, I got to get The Witcher in. Um, but you know, maybe I'll have something a little better to say during that. But I'm telling you right now, um, you took something. And you completely switch the narrative on it. And that's why people are crapping on it right now. Right. You know, and they'll find every little nitpicky way to tell you that. Oh, the special effects look like, you know, my dog pooped on a, uh, on a trombone. I don't know what I'm saying right now. But like, um, if they loved it, no one would care. Right. Because it's not care. like, there's not like, there's not like an entire essays committed to hating on Xena, Warrior Princess, and Hercules based and on were, the special effects because special, they are beloved. Like the swords they had and they were blunt. <laughs> on the edge, and you could tell it. I mean, like they were rounded. I mean, like you could tell. We literally borrowed from the run fair next door. Exactly. They went and made them out of wood real quick. You know, mm. you got a big bar of soap and made a dagger out of it. You know, um, and, and, and but I didn't care. I loved it. I thought it was great. Right. When when you see Hercules grab the blade of a sword, 
Mm-hmm. I use like a baseball bat. I'm like, you should have had no fingers. Right. That's what that's what kills me. It's like, it's like if people are inclined to hate something, nothing about it is, is they, not, there's no context anymore. They just nitpick at every little thing and trash right. it entirely. And but if no, they like, if the wheel of time looked like garbage, but people liked it, suddenly the CGI, suddenly it wouldn't care what it looked like. No. People would be like, I love this show. And if you don't love it too, I'm going to come to your house and punch a baby. Like, All right. <laughs> it can be me with like, like a blanket over my head when I'm a troll, you know, and they'll be like, oh, that was beautiful. I mean, the right. practical effects of this were fantastic. I, I had a blanket like that that my, that my Nana gave me. I yeah. loved it. I'm a troll. <laughs> Um, but it, it just, I don't know, man. Right. I'm not hey, a big fan of this, but I, but you know what? I am a mm-hmm. fan of music. Yeah. So I'm trying to, so I'm trying to ask you about I know. it. So yeah. you're, you're doing, you're still doing Rhyme of the Frost Maiden. Over I am. Your, okay. Yeah. So what kind so of music are you, you playing as, as your weary travelers trans, transverse the cold, uh, in your D and D world? It's, it's a little different because there's a, I play a specific tell me what music, music you're playing. <laughs> to get ready for this, I actually listened to the, the soundtrack from the '80s, The Thing movie. Oh, really? Yes, because that's heard, the feel that it has. I, you know, it's funny you say that. Um, the uh, the guys from Red Letter Media ranked a bunch of John Carpenter movies over Halloween. I think yeah. they talked about the music from The Thing being really badass. It's so good, man. It's mm-hmm. just the '80s synth and you mm-hmm. know, not overwhelming and stuff like that. But I don't play certain amount. There's, I played uh, non profit music or whatever you call it you know um <laughs> it's it's a it's a, actually an app called sirenscape but that makes m- music for it that way i can stream it without getting a getting a um yeah yeah you know, but, yep. but to get ready for that i listened to john, john carpenter's uh the thing soundtrack and when i'm doing others like the high fantasy stuff i listen to like man of war and you know the the battle metal you know stuff like that and do you know where you can find all of those things, Ronnie? I'm thinking Amazon. You are correct in how you're thinking. Yes, we are giving away a free 30-day uh, trial of the Amazon Music Unlimited service. So head to getamazonmusic.com slash W2M Network. Again, that's getamazonmusic.com slash W2M Network. Make sure you complete the sign-up process. Um, agree to the 30-month free trial. And check out all the battle metal and epic progressive metal and soundtracks to your favorite movies. Over 70 million songs. There's always something you can find on Amazon Music. And then if you don't like it, if you're just like, oh, I don't need this in my life, you can cancel it anytime. You can cancel it at the 30 days. No fuss, no muss, no pains in the butt. All right, Ronnie, that is it. You and David got a lot of play this month, man. You were all oh, over the broadcasting network. I enjoy it. Yeah. Uh, February though, I dedicated almost entirely to Jason. So you've only got one show. <laughs> I have two actually. <laughs> Which two? I know there's Marry Me, but I, what else? Oh no, it's going to be on a much later date then. Yeah, what are you talking Woo! about? I was talking about my source material show. But oh yeah, no, that... yeah, that's a pre-recorded that uh, that you know you shouldn't pay attention to me. I'm I'm <laughs> I'm one? drunk. I'm drunk right now. Well, are um, you doing Uncharted? We are doing Uncharted. Oh, that then that might be the second thing that you're doing. Yeah, um, yeah. So yes, you will be on two shows in the month of February. You're going to be on the source material for Uncharted, uh, and that's going to yeah. air February 14th. And then in the it's like you're going to be on two shows in one day. As a matter of fact, nice. <laughs> I have hit the pinnacle. <laughs> yes, um, you're going to be on De- Jesse Starcher's um, source material for Uncharted, 
on February 14th, Valentine's Day. And then you're going to spend the evening, Valentine's Day evening with me, Ronnie Adams. You're going to spend Valentine's Day with me. I am single and ready to Mingle. go out on a date on February <laughs> the 14th. You're going to spend it with me. I'm your date for Valentine's Day. Any lucky ladies that enjoy <laughs> nerdiness and this stud right here, just hit uh, me up. So, yeah. Uh, Ronnie Adams and I are going to review. Uh, we're going to read the comic book, Marry Me, and we're going to compare it to the movie that's day and date on Peacock with Jennifer Lopez and Owen Wilson. Marry me, marry me, marry me. How do you Only feel Only you that? can save me from this fate. I'm talking to you, lady. <laughs> If you're on Twitter and you happen to be seeing this review, he's uh, he's shown off on on Twitter. I am zero n u f f. I am, and um, I don't use Twitter, so if you add me, <laughs> I will notice it because we're like, what the crap? What is this? My I phone's made a new noise. I at you all the time. Do you? Never yes. mind. You when can I... find me on Instagram. I use that a lot more. <laughs> okay. Well, anything that we're anywhere that we're promoting this show. Will be either show enough or misfits and miscreants, and you you like what you have to see. If you want to save Ronnie from his fate of having to do a podcast with me on Valentine's Day about a rom com based on a comic book, then then that's where you'll find him. I will even go on a virtual date. <laughs> don't do it. I don't have anyone else to back me up on this. I have to make my daughter uh, do it. <laughs> oh no! Yeah, <laughs> bless her heart. <sighs> yep. All right. In the meantime, this has been a busy, busy week for me. Um, I feel like I, I've just done a million and one shows monday we did uh, jesse and i did the power of the dog top shop and the french dispatch uh, uh, uh. jesse didn't do that with you no that sorry ronnie me. you're ronnie you're ronnie, ronnie. the screaming boy podcast uh, yep. um tuesday robert and i reviewed munich and we gave a brief history lesson and all the stuff that led to world war ii that um, was yeah yeah that was brief <laughs> oh you like that show Mm. Okay. Um, on Wednesday, <laughs> on Wednesday, my son and I did an alternative commentary for AEW Beach Break, which was a lot of fun. Oh and then yeah! Right after that, we reviewed the Night Flight Orchestra Aromantic Two. Earlier today, Pat and uh, Bailey couldn't make it, but thankfully, um, Stuart Lang, who was very passionate about these three particular WrestleManias, came on the show. So we talked about the Mania of WrestleMania 14, 15, and 16. Tomorrow. Uh, Gavin Napier will be on the show, and we'll, we'll be doing a watch-along for the 1992 Rumble uh, Royal Rumble event. And then Saturday, we have the Trip to Trivia for video games, plus um, the Hodsman and I will be doing a Royal Rumble alternative commentary for the live 2022 Royal Rumble. Um, Sunday, my son and I are going to be providing an audio-only audio uh, alternative commentary for the original Jackass movie just in time for the new one to come out. And then late, late, late in the evening, like right before midnight, the Indeciders, myself and Harry Broadhurst, will be reviewing The World on GCW and No Holds Barred 21, featuring Fat Shane Douglas. Uh, Monday night, myself, Evan Bevins, and Andrew Graham <laughs> will be reviewing the entirety of Kevin Smith's Masters of the Universe Revelation. Wow. Um... And then Alexis Haina, and this will be my last plug. Alexis Haina will be on to do Tuesday. No damn you, Hollywood, but I will have Alexis Haina on to do a triple feature for Belfast, Passing, and Come On, Come On. 
three black and white, possibly Oscar winning pictures for your listening pleasure. Because who doesn't love to listen to podcasts about Oscar bait? All right, Ronnie, I am going to uh, quick stop my camera and I'm going to let you do your plugs. Okay, cool deal. Mine, uh, yeah, my plugs go as far as this. Uh, I have a Twitch channel. I'm actually airing this right now on, on my Twitch channel called Misfits and Miscreants. Now, what we do, do on there is we actually, um, I uh, have uh, an actual play Dungeons and Dragons stream. Uh, we get together, we play Rhyme of the Frostmaiden every other week. So this week will be an off week, but Session 9 is still up there, so you can watch that. We have a blast. It's a lot of fun. I've got some great players. i got seven people at the table. It's really cool. Um, we're going to get into more stuff. Uh, we've got some cool other systems planned to do one shots, such as Alien, Fallout, um, Kids on Bikes, Monster of the Week, things like that. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, getting those going. We also stream some uh, Magic the Gathering um, content as well on Friday Night Magic um, at our local game store, and which is Hypermind in Burlington, North Carolina. Uh, so there's a lot of stuff going on, man. We, we got some great stuff. And in the meantime, if there's not any TTRPG content or whatever, you can see my big old dumb head on there playing some video games. Um, usually like Call of Duty or, you know, I, I do some Red Dead, uh, Red Dead Redemption 2. Um, things like that. So please um, pop over here. Or if you're already here, pop back over to W2M Network and give them a follow. If you're on uh, that network, then pop over to Misfits and Miscreants and give me a follow. That way you can keep up with everything that we're going to be doing and we're doing right now. All right, so folks, thanks for joining us on our review, such as it was, of season one of The Wheel of Time. For Ronnie Adams, the Dungeon Master, the Misfit and Miscreant from the Screaming Boy Podcast. <laughs> Mark Rattledge, be well, be safe, and behave. <laughs>